Yeah. It's a nice combo. Yeah. <laughs> it was, um, I saw him once in person. Um, we went to, this will tell you how long ago it was. There was a show a long time ago called um, Welcome Back, Mr. Carter. Um, uh, Welcome Back, Mr. Carter? Or Mr. Carter, Welcome Back. I don't remember which way it was. I used to sing it and everything. Um, John uh-huh. Travolta was introduced on that show. That was his first real imp- he he did other stuff but that was his first important show ah. and uh, we were in line we were in a v- VIP line because my aunt was related to the guy who was the lead and um, so we got we got uh, we were waiting fish fish something fishback yeah fishback was his last name I can't remember his first name but uh, he came by, and everybody was, oh, my God, there he is. And everybody's waving at him from the VIP line. He came over to chat with us while we were waiting, which was really sweet. He didn't have to uh-huh. do that. And that's so I asked him to tell us about this cloud because it's really pretty. It looks like a rabbit. I mean, I was about 12. <laughs> and he did. Uh-huh. He told us it's a cumulus cloud. I never forgot that. That's why I said cumulus the cumulus cloud it's like doing this and it's, it's really good for us and it's it's, it's full of, it's it's getting full of uh, water and <laughs> it is so cute <laughs> I never forgot that's that that's really nice yeah the other thing I remembered is I got a kiss on the cheek from John Travolta you remember that when you're 12 wow wow <laughs> I would be talking about that every day yeah I did at school <laughs> Uh, that's cool. A lot of jealous girls. Congratulations. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I mean, I was a little, <laughs> I was a kid. He was, <laughs> I mean, he was probably, oh, okay, you're related to Gabe. All right, I'll give you a kiss. A little kiss on, a little peck <laughs> on the cheek. Mm-hmm. But to oh, a 12-year-old, nice. it was, like, romantic, you know? Yeah. <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, yeah. That was that was the two things I remembered from the show. That going well, I remember the show, but going to see the show was mm-hmm. I got I got a peck on the cheek from John Travolta and Doctor Fishback. I can't remember his first name. Uh, told us about a cloud, which was and it came over and entertained us while we were waiting, <clears throat> which is kind of sweet if you think about it. <laughs> that is really sweet. Um. So, I think we're, we're both in California, right? Uh, yes. Yeah, Laguna Beach, California for me. Southern California, the weir- <laughs> the weirdest weather place. <laughs> I mean... We have all the weather. Yeah. <laughs> well, and uh, people don't get that. Because if you were, like, up at uh, Julian right now... It would probably be cold. And here in uh, where I live in San Diego, it's hot. And where you are in Irving, Irvine, it's nice and mellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, we've, we've got everything. I, I think besides the – I mean, we, we do still have the mountain range that gets snow on the tips of the peaks. Oh, yeah. Um, but um, we've, yeah, we've got it all. Like, Mammoth? You know, like I've heard that – 
Yeah, miss and if you want to film Lake a Aaron. movie, you come here and you'll get all the seasons and all the landscapes to do it. Yep, that's why they came here. Mm-hmm. Well, that yeah. that and to escape Thomas Edison, because uh, <laughs> Thomas Edison said that because he invented a film camera, that anybody who uses it without licensing with it uh, has to will be sued. So people would sneak around and do it. And then finally he got really kind of aggressive, so everybody moved to California. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I think there was already one or two studios here, but Mm -hmm. once that started happening, there was a huge migration of film people that came here. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I also, um, Robert Wagner wrote a book all about his, um, before his time in California to the highest, the, 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 the height of film and then film going down. It was, it's a very interesting book. And um, one of the things he said which shocked me, um, the area of Hollywood was actually a very Christian community who didn't want Actors, Jews, or dogs. That was that's the or way they dogs. Were. Dogs. They don't want dogs. Well, that's a, a very peculiar, uh, you know, request, which is not impossible. Um, strange, unusual, and well, doesn't seem right. They lost. Absolutely, <laughs> as they should. Cause that's absolutely ridiculous. Because when the film I mean, people the, came, all three came. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, all three, yeah, like, all three should be absolutely ridiculous, of course, but it's it's just very random to say no dogs. Yeah. You know, that's just say no turtles allowed. Or well, I don't no, know no how they pigs. felt about cats, but that's what the sign said when you came to uh, Hollywood, huh. uh, when you wanted to check in the hotel. Does not accept uh-huh. actors, Jews, or dogs. How strange. I mean, all of it to say none of these, period. God, that's weird. I have never heard that before. Yeah. Uh, And uh, Robert Wagner says, well, that didn't work out for them. (laughs) In the short of it, that didn't work out. Uh, Especially the uh, the dogs. (laughs) Yeah, especially. (laughs) Like, well, we know we're breaking one of those for sure. Well, the, well the, re- the rest will just happen organically. Well, everything got broke when when film people yeah. came here. It just it didn't work out for them the way they wanted it to. Mm-hmm. So I was like, oh my god, how sick is that? <laughs> right. So yeah, it's pr- pretty sick and toxic. And the thing is, is I mean to put to put it that way is very insulting. Absolutely. But. But they lost, so. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's good. I mean, uh, there were restricted areas, and there were even after the Hollywood people came, they actually made their own golf course, and a lot of the people from the restricted course left it to go to the movie star course because it was much more fun to be at the movie star club. Who do you want to see? Some old businessman, that bigoted old businessman putting? Or would you want rather see uh, uh, William Powell or Clark Gable or Cary Grant? 
or uh, Carol Bennett or any of those, uh, Carol Lombard, or all those people, Catherine Hepburn, all those people that went golfing there. <laughs> Who would you rather mm. see? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So pretty obvious what the answer's going to be. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, they uh, like I said, um, a lot of them left the restricted one and uh, applied to the um, other one. I can't, I, I can't remember which is which anymore because I'm, I'm not a golfer. But, uh. but I mean, I, I, know the, I know the golf courses, but I don't want to get in trouble by saying the wrong one. Yeah. <laughs> I, I won't penalize you for it. But yeah, it's it was an interesting area. Uh, it changed a lot, you know. It got much more, um, as they say, open-hearted. Um, <laughs> uh huh. <laughs> but um, but yeah, I I I didn't know about it. If it, um, but when I read the book, I went, oh, ugh. <laughs> That's interesting. Yeah, but it's really interesting. It t talks about all the famous um, clubs, nightclubs in L.A., uh -huh. and how they uh -huh. got started and who ran them, and uh -huh. and um, the different houses, uh, the, the fancy. There was um, there was actually a mansion on the beach. I think it's in Santa Monica that it was at. On the beach, it took up. It was like it became a hotel, and then it was destroyed by one of the Alminos. But um, where was this? Santa Monica. On the beach oh, in Santa okay. Monica. I had read recently about a, a hotel named the Potter's Hotel in Santa Barbara, and that took up five city blocks. Yeah, this one is and. Pretty much as big as that. Yeah, it, and it like you know burned down from a fire. It's just like extraordinary to me that you know it's that big and it just never really came back to life. They um, oh, Sam Simeon, the millionaire, the newspaper guy that Susan Cain has written about. Mm. Randolph Hearst. I don't know. Randolph Hearst. Mm. The Hearst Empire. Uh, his oh, girl, like the Hearst Castle. Hearst Castle. Uh, okay. He, he was his the the mansion was his mistress's who was Marion Davis who was a big movie star. He built it for her. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it was it was you look uh, it's in the book and there was a picture of it. I mean this thing was. Huge. I mean, it. I can't even imagine it because I used to go to Santa Monica Beach all the time, and it's just mm -hmm. this was before amusement parks and all this, the boardwalk and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, like around, I think he built it in the 30s or the 20s or the 30s, something like that. You know, at that time too, they had. Uh, casinos and uh, cruise ships that were off the coast outside of the uh, the ocean limit where you're you're in international waters they had casinos uh -huh. in on these ships like lots of them 
and they huh. they would take a little ferry and go to these ships and gamble. And nobody can do anything because they were in international waters except the Coast Guard. And sometimes the Coast Guard would come and shut them down. Sometimes they didn't. Wow. <laughs> it was like, it was... That sounds... It was the Wild West. It was like a yeah. second Wild West. Sounds like it. Very interesting. It was I think his book hmm. was called Memories Are Made of This or, or something like this after the old poem. Um, mm. But it's really oh. worth reading because it's like it has these amazing stories about houses, and um, and parks, and clubs, and restaurants, and and all the people who did this stuff, and the studios, and movie stars that he worked with, and movie stars that he didn't work with but he knew. Um, but he also mm. talked about people before he moved here. I mean, he came here at five years old. I think I think it was like in 36 or 37. So the stories he was talking about was like 20, 30 years before he was born. Uh-huh. So, I mean, <laughs> so it's a pretty complete history of Los Angeles. It, so, uh-huh. so if you ever want to read it, I really highly recommend it. <laughs> okay. If you like yeah. Hollywood, if you like Hollywood. I don't like Hollywood today. No. I I like the Hollywood years ago. Yeah. But not today. <laughs> but the, I mean, I, there's so much rich history, and I, I wish that I could just leisurely walk around and explore these places. But you know, when you drive through Los Angeles, it's just you know, it's not what it used to be. That's for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I was brought up in the valley, so it's a little different. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, than L.A. Um, I mean, unless you live in Beverly Hills and Bel Air and stuff like that, it's it's mm-hmm. a, it's it's not easy to live in L.A. But yeah, you know, it it's the way it is. That's the way of the world. I mean, we moved here nine years ago, and we go to visit. Mm-hmm. Um, every couple of years, you know, and mm-hmm. every time we go, like, restaurants are, that we love are gone, stores we love are gone, all these things are gone. Mm-hmm. It just really makes me sad. Right. Yeah. It just change. It It's forever changing, which I know is the way of things, but, you know, there's, like, that whole side, side topic, which I won't jump into, but, you know, the, the homelessness and the, you know, it's, it's really just become a city that uh, I don't know what the answer is, but you know, that there are places where you'll turn down a street and it's a beautiful street with beautiful restaurants and there's people walking around, but then you turn the corner and it's like death row. Um, yeah, I remember it never used to be like that, and it's really sad because it was a beautiful city. And when you look at the history of Hollywood, the history of Hollywood is a very rich, very exotic, beautiful city that brought a lot of hopes and dreams and fruition for a lot of people who were looking for a career and they were looking for a a bigger and better life but through the arts and through you know starting something new and amazing and alive and and Hollywood was supposed to be that place for people who were going to make it big and were going to change the world and you know their lives are going to unfold in amazing prosperous ways but I mean, now when I think of Hollywood, you know, it is not 
what it used to be, and it's really sad because it has an amazing, rich history to look into. There's some good stuff, though. It just it's you got to look for it, but there is some good stuff, though. Yeah. Um, I need a tour guide. <laughs> I need someone to walk me through there and be like, this is where you'll find this, and this is where you'll find that. But uh, Another thing about yeah. the book is the really fast read. Well, I gobbled it up because I was so fascinated uh-huh. about the history of my own hometown that I didn't know about. Some, he talks about stuff I never heard of, the stuff I knew. I mean, I knew uh-huh. that uh, the, the comedy store was Ciro's, and Ciro's was run by gamblers, and there was a legend of gangsters and and that uh, there's ghosts there, the gangsters, and all that, and people in the comedy store have seen the ghosts. That's the thing I knew about, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> which is mm-hmm. fun. <laughs> yeah. But there's some stuff that he talks about I never heard of, like like what I was just telling you. Um, it's just, mm-hmm. It was really very, it's a very interesting book. I love to read stuff about, I love fiction a lot. But I love nonfiction mm-hmm. too. I love mm-hmm. history, um, mm-hmm. especially if it's the history of my town. <laughs> yeah, yeah, sure, it's totally valid. But, um, but yeah, I, I, do you read history, or do you like uh, um, what kind of books do you read? So yeah, like I mean, growing up, I was not an avid reader. I was very much more about the pictures. And the beautiful artwork on the cover, and that's what would lure me into a book. And I would, you know, I would just love to look at the pictures. And there were very few books that I read when I was little. But then later on, you know, you start to be able to, I, I felt like I I wanted to read. It wasn't that I was a natural reader. I, ha- I had to really find my books that would want me to come in and stay a while and want to finish the book. <laughs> um and not it just be a school assignment. Um, but I, I love both. Like, I, I love the Harry Potter books, and uh, I love, uh, there's a werewolf series that I've read actually a couple of times. And if I read a book twice, that means I really, really like it, because <laughs> I never read books twice. <laughs> um, but I did recently just read a book, a very interesting book about, um, oh, that's a, it's, a, it's, it's called The River of Doubt, and it's about, uh, oh, what's his name? Oh, shoot. Um, it, it's a, I'll remember his name in a minute, but it's it's about a, a president who, Roosevelt. Um, Which one? Roosevelt. Which one? Uh, Teddy or FTR? <laughs> I'm going to have to, I'm going to have to double check and look that up. Um because there were two uh, but, uh, two presidents named Roosevelt. <laughs> see, I'm not a history buff. <laughs> um, and they didn't no, look anything look alike. <laughs> no, I want to look at the name. Theodore Roosevelt or Franklin Roosevelt? The- Theodore Roosevelt. That's okay. what it was. Teddy. Thank you. Yeah, Teddy. Teddy Roosevelt, which uh, this book is amazing. It's uh, a real life. Uh, story about how after he had lost the second uh, when he tried to get reelected he lost and as a a way for him to kind of like lick his wounds but then go out and kind of face a daring challenge because that's how he he was thrived in the world yeah 
you know, he would look at the most dangerous epic challenge and he would just, he would, would do it because that was his way of not only, I think, cleansing out something, but that was his way to reinvigorate his, his spark and his passion and his, his uh, you know, his desire to, you know, face life again. And so he, he went out and got on the river, the Amazon River, uh, which, you know, was known as the River of Doubt. And him and a few few other amazing men uh, went on this expedition. It took them three months just to get to the river because um, the river channels north. It's one of the only rivers, I think, in the world that actually does that. It, it flows north and not south. And the, the whole book was just amazing to me. And I don't normally read books about history, but that story, if you love a good read, if you like adventure, and this is a real-life adventure, um, that book will just keep you glued to the pages, as it did for me. And and I'm, I'm not normally like that when I read, but when I do find a book that hooks me, I, I don't eat, I don't sleep, I just read. I just read that book. Mm-hmm. That's my whole life. <laughs> Did they explain um, how frail he was, that it was amazing he did everything he did? Well, in the beginning, he wasn't. Um, in the beginning, he... You know, uh, he had more weight on him, and and he hadn't suffered malaria at that point, and uh, he, he still had a lot of energy. And, and in the book, they talk about how, you know, like he was out, you know, out pushing some of the younger men. Where this guy is like well beyond his middle ages, but he is he is out there, and he's getting physical with the land and help helping helping everyone with the, the supplies and really taking on his part of the journey. He wasn't like, oh, I'm the ex-president, I don't have to do anything. Like, he was like, he was a hands-on, mm-hmm. took-care-of-things kind of guy. He mm-hmm. did not sit back and let everyone do the work. He did as much work as anyone on that expedition. Yeah, that um, was Teddy. And I, <laughs> and I, had, a, and I had, had a whole new profound appreciation and respect for that man for what he put himself through and what he came out of was an amazing story. But but yes, you're right. After the expedition, he people had said that he was not the same physically because uh, he had suffered. I mean, he got very very sick and he almost died. But you know, he like he had to keep trudging through this Amazon rainforest while having like very very uh, severe intense malaria and he's trudging through the forest uh trying to uh hoist this huge tree of a canoe on top of his back along with all the other men like he just kept holding this weight and he was very very strong emotionally because he lost i think his wife and his child from i think on mother's on mother's day no less yeah and uh, yeah. this was before this. This was when he was. I, this was when he was still president, I think. And or was it just I, after he lost? Yeah. I don't remember which it was. I, but that's between. I think it was after he lost. Between the grief of the loss and you know, as he said, licking his wounds from the loss of the presidency, he just had to get go to the west and and do something. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> he had to yeah. get away. Uh, but he, did it. he was a very he was a very strong person, emotionally strong person, not just physically strong. Mm-hmm. But he did a lot. Mm-hmm. 
He's a good guy. I just disagree with the hunting thing, but but he also conserved. So it it was one of those really weird things. He was the conservator. He believed in saving animals, and yet he was a hunter. It was just uh-huh. a strange dichotomy. That was the only thing I really didn't like. But uh-huh. but I liked him. I liked him a lot. I didn't agree with him politically, but I liked him as a person. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But he was really cool. Oh, so was his cousin. Uh, FDR was really cool, too. Hmm. Uh, I don't know anything beyond what I read from that book. Uh, oh, did you ever, um, you, you, you never, you don't, do you know who Franklin Delano Roosevelt is? I do not. No. Okay, he's the only president in the United States that had four terms. Oh, wow. That's I how popular that. he was. And after, wow. and because he was so sick, and he was, he had, um, they're not sure, they, they thought he had um, polio. But now they're saying uh-huh. that it, it may have been MS or something, because uh, he uh. he was uh, he was in a wheelchair. I mean, he would stand on two crutches when he made his speeches. Um, oh wow! He he was um, he was really well loved though. I mean, even his enemies loved him, <laughs> and there were there were a lot of people who didn't like him. He was considered uh-huh. a traitor to his class because he came from a family of republicans and he's a, he he became a democrat so he uh-huh. was a, he was a traitor to his class and all but yet i mean he, he even though of all that he still carried new york when he ran for president all four times wow i did not know that yeah he's That's a lot i don't know he's really <laughs> interesting really really interesting i mean like everybody there's good and there's bad um, so uh-huh. every every yeah. president has good and bad, but because uh-huh. um, of people, they're human. <laughs> right. Yeah. No one's perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I I admire I admire both of them, both of Roosevelt, different reasons, but I admire both of them. Uh-huh. I admire because he actually it, we wouldn't have Yellowstone if it wasn't for Teddy. Yeah, that's true, because he helped conserve that land, didn't he? Yep. That was part of his conservation thing. Wow. Yeah. yeah he, he loved nature, and he was a very big bird lover, too, apparently. And he also um, saved the buffalo, because people, oh, yeah. in the during uh, the Indian Wars and stuff like that, pe- uh, people would go in, Wild Bill Hickok was one of the famous for shooting uh, bulls and and uh, bison and all that, um, but really, and buffalo, and what really was happening was not only was he taking away the food source for the first people, but he was also killing a very important animal to the ecological system, and Teddy realized it, and he actually, I think he imported them from Canada. And he 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 made them. You can't hunt them. And he, that's awesome. Yeah, that was one. He's he did that. That was one of his babies. He, they he saved oh, all those buffaloes. And oh, that's so cool. And they they they're, they're thriving. Yeah. Mhm. 
and there's other uh-huh. animals he did. I mean, all the all the animals in Yellowstone, as long as they're within the bounds of Yellowstone, are protected. If they go into one of the farms, they they could be in danger. That are outside uh. of it. But as long as they stay within the bounds of Yellowstone, they're protected. And that's uh-huh. and that's because of Teddy. Wow. Isn't that great? That's awesome. Yeah. That's fantastic. Yeah. He was a good man. Fun fact. Uh, well, I found that out. There was a, a special about Yellowstone. <laughs> they actually had two of them. Um, but um, I also found out that the biggest volcano in the Americas is right there in Yellowstone. <laughs> yep. And we're all just waiting for it to go off. Yep. <laughs> I, it's going to happen. It, we have no we idea no when, when. Or, but it's going to happen. And when it does... Well, yeah. Can say what? There's yeah. two. That's, that's, there's yeah. two super volcanoes. One is Yellowstone, and the other one is in the Sea of Naples. So, who knows? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> I wonder if we'll be alive to see it. I I don't really want to, because it's going to be awful. <laughs> yeah. I kind of do. Well, I guess as long as you're, you're you're far enough away. Yeah, and so are you. Yeah. So, but. But yeah, I don't want. That'll I, be epic. I don't really want to see it. I remember when Saint Helena, Hel- Helena, Helena, the mountain in Washington that was a volcano and nobody knew it. It went. Oh really? They didn't know. No. Oh my God. I mean, they wow. uh, they found it out because gotcha. it 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 blew its top. Right, and when it did, it was like, oh, that's a volcano. They I didn't mean, know. It's just huh. it, it, if it's deep enough and it's not been active, it's really hard to know what's what's a mountain and what's a sure. volcano. You know, there's yeah, there's. True. A lot of them sleep for hundreds of years, some thousands of years. So it's really hard to know if it's been asleep that long, what's a volcano, what's a mountain. Uh-huh. We live on a seismic planet. You know? <laughs> <laughs> right. There's still a burning core at the center of all this. That's how, that's what, it also protects us. <laughs> that core is what keeps all the rays and all the deadly stuff from the sun away from us. So we got to be grateful for that core. <laughs> mm-hmm. So the, I forgot, the, the lights, the northern lights, you know that? The, oh, yeah. The green lights? That's, that's part of our protection mm-hmm. system. That's part of, that's actually when it becomes green and different colors, it's actually fighting off the gamma rays and all the different things that that hit us from the sun. So when you see the colors of the lights even change, that means we're getting hit by bad stuff. Wow. That's cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, I found that out from an astronomy. Uh, I, I, love this, I love astronomy. So there's an astronomy TV series that I was watching with astronomers from NASA and... and um, and scientists from different major observatories and stuff like that. Really cool show. 
can't remember the name of it. Huh. But, yeah, it was all about uh, all the different things about astronomy. Um, it, it's actually the first place I actually saw, um, cause it, because it's the person, the people who are the biggest contributors are from NASA. So when they found out that the center of our solar system is a huge black hole, when they actually uh, took the pictures of it, uh, it was on the show. Oh, wow. That's neat. <laughs> yeah. It, if it wasn't for that black hole, we wouldn't be here. So just, That's awesome. It's just like the core. If it wasn't for mm-hmm. the core, we wouldn't be here. Right, right. These things it's really cool. are a double-edged sword. <laughs> yes. They have to be here. Part of part of everything. Mm-hmm. I just think science is cool. Science is cool. Science is super rad. Um, I was never really good at a lot of sciences, but I fell in love with astronomy. Mm-hmm. Basically because of Star Trek. Oh, there you go. <laughs> well, I don't see how anyone could look at a picture of the galaxy and not be take a moment and appreciate that eternal, you know, that what what that is. It's like to me, like that's the face of my higher power. It's, mm-hmm. it's the galaxy and the stars, and that that reminds me how small I am, and not in a bad way. It's, it just puts everything into perspective for me, and I get to take a moment, and I, and I just take a breath, and I just go, wow. Like, wow. The best thing to do, and I remember this when I was a kid, and we had a camping trip at, by the ocean, near where you live, and look over the ocean and at the stars at night, both. All that vastness. You, you realize that we're basically a little tiny piece of sand. That's how important Earth mm-hmm. is. <laughs> mm-hmm. And and yet it's part of everything. Of course. And it's 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 both equally so insignificant, and yet it is that single grain of sand which makes up the entire beach. Yep. And I I love that concept, and to me that feels so real to. You know, like I'm not a, a religious person, but I am considered to be a spiritual mm-hmm. person. That I am too. Okay. Like I, I know that there's, you know, there is a higher power, you know, cosmic consciousness, you know, whatever. There really is no name that I can use to define it. But when I think of those concepts of the galaxy and the stars, like it reminds me, like, yes, like if there was a picture of a higher power, or my God, of my understanding, it would be the galaxy. And now we can really see it. Uh, mm-hmm. be, with the Hubble, we got oh, to yeah. see it better, but now with the web, we can see it even better. That's right. Yeah, I just recently uh, learned about that, uh, about the web, and and I learned about how the the lens before the on the Hubble was uh, it had shaved. They had a bit of a cataract problem, but they fixed it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but but it was like what was it? it was like the width of like half of electron or something like that. It and was it made tiny. all the difference. It was tiny. Yeah. It was it was like they said they said anybody could have made that mistake. 
is so right. they weren't upset with the people who did it because it was a millimeter. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think it was like a hundredth of a millimeter or something like that. It was teeny. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, but it made all the difference. It was like, wow, like that can make all the difference. It was so amazing the, to think of it in that way. So basically, they put contact lenses on the Hubble. <laughs> Here's your new prescription glass and let us know how you you, you drive. You should be able to see it now. You should be able to see it now. It's all right, honey. Oh, wow, that's a lot better things. (laughs) The pictures are incredible. Like, holy shit, are they amazing. I remember when Voyager 2 left the galaxy and the Hubble caught it leaving the galaxy it's like it was saying goodbye as it left our galaxy it actually Uh. turned around and you could see it and then it went off Mm. wow yeah Uh, uh, who is it oh yes i do it was carl sagan uh the great astronomer he's the an astrophysicist he said it, it turned uh. around and waved, <laughs> <laughs> which I thought was awesome. sweet. Um, That's really cool. I have to change from our interesting discussion and varied to ask you about how you found out that you won uh, the illustrators of the future contest. Uh, so uh, that's a very funny story, actually. Um, I was in class. Uh, I recently graduated from the uh, uh, Laguna College of Art and Design in Laguna Beach, California. Uh, I spent seven years there just chipping away at my degree, and I left with a bachelor's in illustration. And so I I wanted to do uh, an art convention that I thought was suitable to my work, and I draw a lot of fantasy work, and I uh, decided to go to Atlanta, Georgia, and be a part of the Dragon Con convention there. And so that's when I found out about the contest. Uh, and so I immediately entered, and when I, I won, well, I, I didn't know I, well, okay. So when I entered the contest, <laughs> um, I really didn't have any hopes of winning at all. I just thought, well, I should just enter and just put myself out there. Let's see what happens. I really didn't think I would win anything at all. I just, I was told by so many people, just put yourself out there, even if you don't win or, or whatever. You just continue to put yourself out there, and so that's what I did. And then I got a call from Joni, uh, who helps run you know the ship that is uh, the Galaxy Press Publishing, and she reached out to me and she told me that I was a finalist and that I was going to be possibly the winner. And I didn't, you know, it's just kind of like this shock, like what really what, really? Like, <laughs> I, it was just such a shock. I'm like, uh, okay. Like, you know, I told my mom and she was so excited and, and you know, and she told me, I will call you in three days and let you know if you won or not. Well, those three days were the longest three days I'd ever, of course. ever lived. Yeah. So I waited and waited patiently, you know, and, uh, and then when she called me, you know, she, I could hear in her voice that I, that I didn't win. And she told me, you know, I have regret to inform you that you didn't win, but the judges had some really good feedback for you. And I thought that was really cool to have feedback from the judges because, 
with every contest that you enter or uh, a show that you enter and you don't get in, you never get feedback about why no. you got in or why you didn't get in. It's so frustrating because of that. If they just gave you a little hint, it would be helpful. That they do that is great. Yeah. Yeah, they, they never do that. Exactly. So I was actually very, you know, I was sad, but I was also very pleased to have received professional advice about how to possibly, you know, win next year. And no, no one has ever done that for me before. So I was very happy about that. Um, but then, so I think it was, yeah, it was the same day. So same day I get the call and was told that I didn't win. I, I go to class at school because I'm auditing classes now because I get to have free classes. I thought, why not? So I'm in class at school. I get a phone call, and my phone is on mute, so I feel it vibrate, and I see it's Joni. I'm like, why is she calling me? And I I let it go to message, but then I thought, oh, no, I, I should call her back. So I got up. I excused myself. I walk outside. I call her, and Joni says, hey, April, great news. You won. <laughs> Oops. I was like, what, what do you mean? I'm like, yeah, but, but what happened? Like, what's the story here? And she said, well, the person that that won before me, they found out that they were using AI in their work. Oh. Which, which you're not allowed to do because that's technically not you making the work. You're typing in words to a computer and it pops out a piece of art and that person said that that was their work when it wasn't their work. So that's how I won. That's crazy. Um, and that's how I found out. Yeah. So so then you called your mom. Yeah, I, I called my mom right away, and she was just over the moon, so happy and ecstatic for me. And and my, my teacher who works at the college, uh, Dave Argo, he's, he's one of the best teachers that I know. And... So I got to immediately tell him because I was in his class that day, and he was so excited for me. Um, but it was just so, so surreal to to find out that I won. Like, you know, I never entered this contest before. I, I never even knew about it till last year. And, you know, I live in Laguna Beach, and, you know, Galaxy Press Publishing is in Los Angeles. They're just like a stone throw away from me. Right. Um, so not only was it like a shock, it was like, Oh, wow. like, you, you know, when you're an artist, I mean, of course it's important to always do the work for you, but, you know, when you get those moments of recognition for your work and people tell you that you're good, it's it's nice to know, like, okay, I think I'm, I think I'm on the right track, you know? Well, I mean, it is a very nice thing. I mean, it's exciting. So, uh, now... I don't know which one you're in. Are you in the one that's coming up? Yes, yeah. I'll, I'll be leaving uh, this Sunday for the workshop, for the week-long workshop, and then there'll be the gala on Friday. Cool. Are you excited? I am very excited, and I, I'm trying really hard to not think about it too much in the sense that um, cause I, I, I want to just let the universe take me where I need to go and and like I, I bought a book uh, just the other day, like it's just an empty notebook, so I can just take notes and just write down all the things 
books that I'll be seeing, all the advice I'll be getting from all the uh, all the illustrators that are in the industry right now, and uh, or my peers. I'll finally get to meet my peers who also won throughout the year, and, and and that'll be just as important to make those connections as with people in the industry who are professionally working now. Um, and you get yeah, to meet I'm, the writer who you're illustrating for. I don't, actually. She won't be there. Oh, no. So, yeah, I know. I'm totally bummed about that because I, I, I did this, the painting that I did for her story. It's a huge painting. It's about four feet by three feet big because um, when I did the painting for the cover or for the story, uh, I wanted to paint a huge painting because I knew that when you shrink it down to a six inch by four inch image, it's going to look that much better. So I did a really big painting, um, but I won't get to show it to her. So I'm a little sad about that. Yeah. Well, I I guess we'll send her an email with the picture once the reveal happens. Yeah, yeah, they, they will. And uh, and we we have been chatting over email, which is nice. And we talked about me. Uh, making a print for her, and then I can just mail it to her, and, and uh, so she can have, you know, something that I made specially for her. So we we talked about that. That's good. That's cool. Yeah. That's really cool. Uh, do you remember when? Well, I don't have to ask you this, but remember COVID? Um, yeah, I remember it quite well. <laughs> you remember COVID? Okay. <laughs> yeah. uh, in 2021, they gave us that uh, that check for like six hundred dollars. The Relievance check, whatever they called it. Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I used that check and I bought a printer. Well, that's good. So it's a dynamite printer, and I've used it. Uh, it's a Canon printer, and I use it all the time. And that's exactly what I'm going to use it for when I uh, I scan the drawing, and I'll print that uh, a painting for her, and it will be a good quality print. It's been really, really helpful for me and my my work. Yeah, the I'm. I don't understand how they do it because I'm not technical or an artist, but I know they can structure like models and stuff from printers now. Oh yeah, the the 3D printing. Yeah, I don't really understand I no it, idea. but yeah, I've seen the results and it's amazing. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, I, I don't get it either. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave that up to them to figure out, and I'll I'll happily buy those products and use it, but. How they do that, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean, some of the stuff that they're using in space right now are from that because it's so light. Right, right. But it's like, how they do it, to me, yeah. I don't get it. <laughs> I don't get it. Yeah, <laughs> right. I mean, I'm not, like I said, I'm not a technical person, so. Because uh -huh. it's like half art and half technical, and it's just bizarre. Um, yeah, agreed. <laughs> but it's really cool. Um, are you allowed to say the name of the story, or you're not? Uh, that's a good question. I, I, I actually don't know. Okay, so um, if you're not if you're not fit, don't do it. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not sure. It, it depends. I don't know. Sometimes, like this person's not there, so they probably told her who's doing it and all this stuff. Since she won't be there for the reveal. Um, so that's probably why you guys are in contact, right? Uh, yeah, they, you know, they, because she really liked the, the painting I did, and, um, and I'd offered to make her a print as a way of just, you know, just 
just a nice gesture, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I don't, I don't know if they've announced it publicly. If, if I'm not even sure how that works. If they announced it publicly, like I illustrated this person's story yet, because the the reveal is supposed to be, I guess, the reveal. I, I'm not sure how that works. Yeah, I know. Um, it's, it's it's confusing. The person isn't there. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Okay. So we are coming to the end. Um, do you have a website? Uh, I do, in fact. It is uh, nothing fancy. It's my first and last name, April Solomon Art at uh, yeah, AprilSolomonArt.com. Okay. And are you on social media? Um, what are your handles on the social media that you're on? I, I am. I have a list because it, you know, it keeps growing every day, but... Um, but I do make sure that I'm just using the, the the social media platforms that I that are working for me, and you know, just kind of leave the rest and just let other people deal with those. Um, uh, but I do have a uh, Etsy account where people can look at my work, um, and I I can send you all these links if you want them. Um, but I do have an Etsy store. I have a Twitter account. I have a LinkedIn. I have Instagram, and I have an art station. For, like, uh, Twitter or Instagram, do you have the handles for those? I do. Uh, Twitter would be April Dragon Lady. <laughs> and, and Instagram? And Instagram is the same as my website, April Solomon Art. All right. Um, do you have anything that's coming up, like, an art show or anything like that that you want to tell about? Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I got a list for that too. Because uh, with me, like important things will happen in my life and throughout the year. But if I don't make a list of what's happening, I just I completely forget. And it will be like super important. But if I don't write it down, I will completely forget. Me too. I'm um, like that too. That's why I yeah. have different things with different lists. <laughs> yep. That's, that's me too. If it's out of sight, it's out of mind, so I have to have it in front of me, and that's just how my brain works. And you know, oh well, that's just the way it is. Yeah, I understand. <laughs> um, so I have a so the next show that's coming up for me is Monster Palooza. Um, it's a it's a it's like Comic Con but for monsters, and that's in June second to the fourth. Anything else? Yes. Uh, uh, and then uh, the next show, that's for sure, is going to be what's called a LuxCon. And that's a show that happens way out in uh, uh, Pennsylvania, I believe. And that's a very big show. That'll be October 18th to the 22nd. Um, so and what uh, what other things do you have coming up? Or anything? <laughs> Uh, so the the next show that I'll have, I have a solo show coming up uh, at the Hive Gallery in Los Angeles uh, during the month of October. Oh, that's cool. Which I'm really, which I'm really excited about. A solo show is a big deal. That's really cool. Yeah, I'm really stoked for that. <laughs> um, and the, the Hive Gallery is a wonderful gallery. I can't say enough about it. It's a gallery that uh, is run by Nathan Cartwright, and he is a, a a patron to the artist that is, whether you're starting out or you have a career, he doesn't discriminate. 
against anybody. It's come one, come all, come as you are, and bring your work. And he's just all about promoting the artist. Because he's actually an amazing artist himself. Um, But I love that because there's not too many galleries that do that. Yeah. Uh, There's not a lot of galleries that are, you know, most galleries are exclusive, and they're just all about building that brand or that name. And but not Nathan. Like I mean, Nathan has built the brand of saying "Come one, come all," and because of that, the art is amazing, and the space is so cool because um, it's so expressive and colorful and fun and alive. And the shows that he puts on, like if he has a show, you can bet your bottom dollar that opening night is packed. Mm-hmm. Like people show up to this thing, and he's very good about social media. He lets people know that the show is happening. So I've I've been to his gallery openings several times, and every time it's just it's a packed gallery, and and in my opinion that's very successful because you know uh, opening night at a gallery you never know if it's going to be a good show up or not. You it's it's packed every time, and it's all walks of life, all different artists show up, and um, and and I just wanted to take a moment to explain that because he's been wonderful to me ever since I've met him and I am just blessed to have the opportunity to show at his gallery because he really is a patron for the artist and he's he's been a great support for me and anyone who gets to know him uh, I just wanted to take a moment and give a shout out to him and and because uh, he's technically I mean well I've had solo shows before but uh, he has such a successful gallery so I really feel like I'm getting a lion's share when he said, yeah, of course you can have a solo show. I was like, what? (laughs) I was so excited. (laughs) I bet. Um, That is so cool. Well, congratulations. Thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Um, Yeah, that's good for me. That's that's cool. Um, I just want to thank you for taking time out of your date to come and chat with me. Yeah, well, thank you for setting this up. I, I really appreciate you and your knowledge and your your amazing gift to you know help people have a space to share and to be interviewed and and this was wonderful i really really appreciate it thank you april i really appreciate what you just said (laughs) (laughs) of course thank you um well thank you and thank you for chatting with sherry